Hello, and welcome to another episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. I'm your host, Pat Royce. With me, as always, my co-host, Kath Barbadoro. Hi, Pat. What's up? Oh, nothing much. I'm just getting ready uh, to go out on tour. I'm getting all my bags packed today. We leave at a 5 a.m. flight tomorrow because I love giving myself a challenge. So, uh, <laughs> Are you going <clears> to <throat> sleep? Uh, I, I'm, you know what? I'm mulling it over. I'm seeing what, what I might do about that. We'll see what happens. So that to me means you might sleep, but if you do, it will be by accident. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah I should be good. I, I, I stopped working like a week ago, so I'm actually like, I'm not in like, you know, like uh, tired ass work mode anymore. I'm just like chilling. Mm. So uh, nice. I, I should I'm be glad able- you got a little vacation before you went on tour. Yeah, it was stressful. Last time I literally worked up until I had to leave. And like, like I, I usually got off at three and I left early so I could hop in the, tr- the car and leave. And that was the most <laughs> stressful thing I'd done in a long time. So I don't know why I did that. And I made sure to not do it this time. So. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited about your tour. If you're in the Pacific Northwest, or uh, sort of like the Western Rockies, I believe. And yeah. then also uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin, yeah, too, Yeah, right? to the Midwest on the way back. We're doing, uh, we're doing like, right outside Minneapolis, and we're doing, um, uh, what do you call it, Milwaukee and Milwaukee. Uh, Kansas City, Missouri. So, Oh, dope. I love all three of those cities. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't been to Kansas City, but everyone I know from those three cities are, like, the best people. So, yeah. like... They also love to drink, so be careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's at a brewery too, so uh, luckily yeah. Yeah, the kid- people in the Upper Midwest go hard. Yeah, <laughs> they go real hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pulling into the Midwest, like I'm like I'm pulling into like the that region because we have, we have three days off before the uh, the Buffalo Minnesota show, which is the one like mm-hmm. right outside um, Minneapolis. But mm-hmm. like, I would be there for like three days, so I might slide on into. Uh, Chicago and hang out with Jared Holly for a few days. So, ah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna need to be uh, need to uh, stay in control because <laughs> that could get out of hand. <laughs> yeah, Th- that's a that's a fun trip. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Gonna be that a good time. A time. Going out for a month. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be uh, the car. We're driving around in a Navigator, which is gonna be pretty All fun. All right. All right. Yeah, I'm I've done mad. a road trip in a Navigator before. It's uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, I think this is going to be a good time, but, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Anyways, well, speaking uh, of, I have a really good segue. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Unless you want to say something else important, no, no, which is not awesome at all. fine. <laughs> not okay. at all. Um, I was going to say, speaking of exploring the great Western world, I have a story for you today. Okay, okay. Uh, tangentially related to a famous explorer. Oh. So, of the Western world. Of the Western so, world, Okay. Uh, yeah, this is this is another sort of historical one, so uh, I'm excited to to present it to you, our our resident history buff on the podcast. Um, <laughs> A title that I wear with pride and probably not much challenge. <laughs> yeah, pride and also sort of by default. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm interested in it, but only only sort of very specifically. Yeah, I'm um, I'm pulling in full bore on like the straight up dad interest in history. Like, with, right, yeah. you have like the dad, like you're into like the type of American history that I associate with dads, and therefore can't really get into. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Which is unfair because it is like genuinely interesting. Once I like once it's pitched to me the right way. Yeah. But, uh, which like a great way to do that is through a scam, which is what what the story is about. Got to so, speak um, the language of love, man. You know, which I've exactly. always I've always said is dishonesty for profit. So <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, the story is about a guy named Oliver Hartz or sorry Oscar Hartzell. I keep calling him Oliver for some reason. Um, Oscar Hartzell 
although he is not the famous explorer in this story. Um, have you ever heard of this guy? No, I have not. Cool. Um, I was... 98% sure we'd never done one on him, but I'm glad you said you hadn't heard of him. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Which, which doesn't actually preclude that we haven't talked about him. <laughs> I just might be like, nah, I, man, never heard of the guy. That's crazy. I'm, I'm pretty on. sure we haven't. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we haven't. I, I mostly was surprised because he was shockingly prolific. And uh, I feel like this has some sort of modern uh, parallels that we can maybe draw Okay. Um, once we get into this. But... Uh, the explorer in this story is one Sir Francis Drake. Do you know uh, yes, about yeah. Sir Francis oh, yeah. Drake? I'm familiar okay. with the uh, with old Sir Francis Drizzy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Certified so explorer you... boy, Francis Drake. Yeah. <laughs> so Sir Francis Drake was, I mean, I, I knew the name. I knew he was an explorer back in the sort of 1500s era of expansion of European uh, exploration into the into the North American and South American continents. Um, I didn't know a ton about him, but uh, it, it jogged my memory to say he's the he's the first um, person that we know of in history to circumnavigate the globe. Yeah. So that was kind of his claim to fame. Um, but before and after that, he was what is known as a privateer, which yeah. is basically like a pirate that has a note from their teacher to yeah. be a pirate. <laughs> That's like, a very good way to put that, yeah. You're like a state-sponsored pirate, basically. Yeah. Do I have that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, yeah. They used to use him as like, you know, off the grid, kind of like attack. Like an English privateer could attack a, a, a French ship and England could be like, oh, I, I had no clue that was going to happen. There's just, just some guy, you know? like and, Exactly. Uh, yeah. And and specifically, um, this was at a time where where Britain and Spain were at war, and so he was a privateer who was authorized to attack and plunder Spanish vessels. And this guy had none of this is like super relevant to the rest of the story, but I just find it interesting. Um, and it's not like a super involved scam, so I want to talk about Francis Drake for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he's a privateer. I just think it's funny too that it's like. Sir Francis Drake himself was kind of a scammer. Like he was kind of a scumbag. You know what so I mean? So many like, of those like early like like the like like that era of explorers were man. Like everybody that like marched their ass into South America and Central America were just like bastard third cousins by marriage who were just like operating unofficially and out outside of capacity. All of those yeah. dudes, aside from the fact that they were also just you know genocidal shitheads, they were also like right. pure and true scammers. Like a lot of them. <laughs> Well, that that brings me to uh, why Sir Francis Drake. He not only he had this sort of sanction from the Queen to uh, to attack the Spanish, but he had a personal animosity toward the Spanish because um, he was a slave trader. Again, not a great guy, um, and he went to South America to trade slaves, which was um, illegal in the Spanish colonies. So it was sort of a black market yeah. type deal. And um, so he was trying to land on the Spanish-controlled coast of South America, and he was attacked by the Spanish. So he was like, fuck these guys. Yeah. I want to go after them. I want to get revenge. So, yeah, he, had, he was a very motivated privateer, and he, um, he was involved in uh, the battle against the Spanish Armada, which he won. So he was, like, a very celebrated figure. And he was extremely good at being a privateer. He amassed so much Spanish gold um, during his career doing this. Um, he eventually died of dysentery. Hell um, yeah. Organ in, trail style, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oregon Trail at sea. He was uh, he was somewhere between Puerto Rico and Panama on the ocean. Oh man, you know I, I don't know much about geography, especially in that region. But uh, you know I'm gonna say top ten worst places to get dysentery is probably seems bad. Yeah, I, I would I would pick any two other places to be between to get dysentery. Imagine like having to like shit off a ship when you have dysentery. Just, like, ah, off yeah. The edge. I mean, without yeah, no without good. dysentery, obviously that's just that's a good time. Like that's just a, that's fun. That's yeah. a fun afternoon. That's what I mean. Like you could do it in a bucket and then heave it over, but you're yeah. hanging your ass out the side. Yeah, 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 fun. yeah. I'm letting yeah, I'm letting my freak flag fly. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just just it's like the boat rocks the right way. It's just definitely splashing back in, and that's yeah, it's no good. Aside from being gross, isn't going to make you very popular among your uh, mm-hmm. your buddies. No, I can't imagine the guy with dysentery on the ship is making a lot of friends. Probably not. Uh, there's like a one dude who's like also has dysentery and is the coolest guy on the ship. He's just that cool. <laughs> They're like, we, just, we forgive him, man, honestly. He's just a rad-ass dude. <laughs> well, unfortunately, as rad as he was, uh, Sir Francis Drake died in 1596, and uh, he was super rich. He had all of this money, and he had no heir. So... Part of sort of treasure hunting lore, he was buried at sea um, in he allegedly was wearing full armor and in a lead lined coffin. So like he went <laughs> down. He went way down. Did he have superpowers? God, they were like, you gotta, <laughs> yeah. we got to seal this guy off. Lest we got to make sure this dysentery doesn't get out. Yeah, yeah he just that's how bad the dysentery was. They're like, yeah, yeah you got to wrap this shit up in the same stuff that stops Superman. Like get this guy in here. <laughs> But yeah, so um, this has sort of been part of like treasure hunting culture is people want to find his his watery grave and get all the doubloons and stuff. (laughs) Got to get all the doubloons. All exactly. So now now that we have some background on who Sir Francis Drake was, we are now flashing forward about 300 years to 1900, um, where, you know, the continent that Drake was... Uh, spending his time sailing around is now is now America, and uh, there are in the grand tradition of America a bunch of scams going on, including yeah. one involving Sir Francis Drake. So and, and this, this is after his death. This is three hundred years after his death. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, in ni- in nineteen hundred. Man, when your when your when your spirit your scamming spirit just lives on. Exactly. Yeah. Just like I guess what I'm trying to say by giving all that background is like. You don't have to like feel bad about his memory being used to bad ends. Yeah. I feel like he would be like, "Get that money, yeah, get that yeah, money, yeah, get, yeah, chase that check at by all at all costs." Yeah, no, I, I think he'd be on board. <laughs> so the way that the scam was working around this time, and this is apparently sort of a this is sort of a classic con man thing that they were doing. Yeah, um, was it like an like isolated incident? Like this is like was a popular one that people did. Yeah. So. Um, the scam worked in a couple different ways, but it would basically involve the con artist claiming to be um, some kind of heir of Drake's fortune and that they were going to um, enter into litigation to get the British government to give them the inheritance. And the scam was you could you would tell people you needed to finance this this um, like lawsuit yeah. and then you would pay them back like tenfold or whatever so it's like yeah it's your classic investment opportunity with just kind of a fanciful you know yeah treasure hunter element of it (laughs) yeah 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 it's so funny it's just like when you get down the nuts and bolts like some of these mechanisms have been around just for so long 
Yeah, exactly. Like this is like and, this is like, uh, the, like the, the the prince email scam, which I don't know if you saw. Nigeria just appointed a new king. And I was in my head. I was like, oh hell yeah! <laughs> like, nice. That guy's gonna have a really hard time um, with diplomacy because people are just gonna delete his emails. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be really difficult. <laughs> hey, reaching out to talk about humanitarian <laughs> efforts and then just, right. just get sent to the trash box. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like. These were happening a lot. Um, the people were people were particularly doing this to to um, people with the last name Drake in America at this time. And there was uh, this is an example of someone who was very popular um, as, as a scammer at this time. It was this woman named Sudi Whitaker, who is a quote slender, dark-haired widow in her mid-thirties, and her story was that she is the rightful heir to the Drake fortune. Uh, because her descendant or her ancestor had uh, immigrated to America in the 18th century. Uh, he, who, he was named George Drake of Roqueport, Missouri. And it turns out like Sudi Whitaker is, uh, is his cousin. So that's how she's related. And uh, they're going to go for this effectively like a class action lawsuit yeah. against the British government. <laughs> An uprising of Drake's <laughs> against yeah. the British government. Nice. Exactly. Just like a class action lawsuit of Drake's. That's pretty much the idea, (laughs) which uh, you do not have to pay fees to enter a class action lawsuit, which is why this is a scam. If someone tries to get you to pay to enter a class action lawsuit, it is likely a scam. Oh, okay. Yes. I I always knew like class action was always like a lot of people suing one thing. I didn't know that was one of the distinctions. Um, I got to make some calls. I mean, like. I, I think if you're sort of get it in motion, there are probably fees associated. But if somebody's like did you buy this product between this time and this time? Yeah. You shouldn't have to give them any money. Okay. That's not, yeah. you just like put your name on the list. Basically. Yeah. I got, I got to, I got to write some emails real quick. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, these scams were going on for a long time around the turn of the 20th century and uh, around 1919. So like 20 years later, um, a couple of these Drake con artists uh, conned uh, this woman in Iowa, a farm uh, farm wife, her husband was a farmer, uh, they conned her out of $6,000 um, in this scheme. Like, exactly what I said. Yeah. A scheme to retrieve his wealth. Uh, this was like an old hat scam at this point. But she, unfortunately, she fell for it. She lost $6,000. However, her son is the subject of our story today, Oscar Hartzell. Okay. So, Oscar Hartzell is hearing his mom talk about all of this. He quickly realizes this is a scam. Um, but instead of getting mad at those guys, he says, Hey, this is a really good idea. (laughs) Can you, can you cut me in on this? I think I have a great idea to expand this business plan. Oh man. That that, that is, that's like, that's the coolest guy you can be. Like, it's like, get, you know, like you, you get adjacent to a scam and then you're like, Hey, let me in on the scam. And that's just, it is extremely slick. It yeah. is a very slick maneuver. I, I don't know. I hope he got his mom's money back. I'm assuming he did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. My idea comes at the low, low cost of my mom's money. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I, unfortunately I don't have a ton of information about art school, Oscar Harzel's life, um, before he becomes a scammer. Um, he was born in Iowa. His parents were farmers, up until he sort of made it big with this scam, um, he was also farming, and he was also um, the deputy sheriff of his county. So 
Damn. Clearly, you know, law enforcement has a long tradition of being upstanding, yeah, corrupt <laughs> people. That was also like when they could just like, like I, I just like throw a hat into a saloon, whoever's head it lands on is deputized. <laughs> so there's like, like, I I think that's kind of the the energy we're talking about. Yeah. Like it seems like it was just like whoever felt like doing it. And this guy's not ever gonna look a gift horse in the mouth. He's yeah, like, yeah. power here I am. <laughs> Which is, yeah, why law enforcement is so scary. Because yeah, anybody yeah. who wants that kind of power is probably not going to exercise it uh, yeah. judiciously. Yeah, that, so. that, that, that has been, uh, by large, my experience. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, unfortunately, I don't know a ton about his early life. Um, but he was clearly a very clever person because he, he and, and probably very charismatic as well, because he convinced these guys to cut him in on the scheme and basically what he did was create from what i can see some of the first junk mail to ever be uh, widely disseminated um, <laughs> i i don't know about any earlier postal scams besides this one there may be some precedent but that was his sort of his gasoline on the fire yeah. is like, you don't have to go to these people's houses. You can just send them letters. <laughs> my, my friend is married to a, uh, a very lovely woman who is the daughter of a direct male millionaire. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Yeah. That's, Ooh, that's some blood money. Yeah, that's, for sure. Uh, and I, I, like, I remember their, uh, their wedding invitations. I just thought it'd be so funny if it was just like, it's all like junk mailed out. It's like, you qualify oh for God. a trip to my wedding. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. That's actually just a funny idea for anyone to use. Yeah, yeah, it's an yeah. amazing wedding invitation. I mean, granted, people will throw them out and then it'll be confusing. Yeah, but maybe but worth it, it as a bit. Yeah, but then you have to pay less people for the open bar. So, you know, there you go. Like, that is true. Who's really winning, you know? Damn, that is genius. <laughs> yeah, I might have to do that if yeah. I ever get married. Um, but yeah, so he he starts contacting Iowans with the last name Drake, of which there are many. I used to live in Iowa. That is an extremely common last Word. name. There. Whenever um, I think of Iowans, I just think of our friend Michael Good, who's an, an, an incredibly handsome young man. Who I, a, he is like truly. A, he's a very Iowan Iowan. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's just like a very like wholesome looking white guy in a half zip. Like that's his, <laughs> his vibe. He's very funny. He's great. Yeah. He lives in New York now and I'm like always so happy to run into him, but that is very much his, his energy. Like, <laughs> yeah. This dude, he's been with his girlfriend for like 1 million years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is, yeah he has a, tr a sweetie pie, a trustful handsomeness. You're just like, yes. damn, normally I wouldn't, I wouldn't like anybody that good looking, but I, 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 yeah, like, I trust you. I agree with you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh, yeah, he uh, he he starts contacting these Iowans and and telling them basically the same story that he is a distant relative, and that he had made the discovery that um, Sir Francis Drake not only did he have this fortune that had never been paid to his heirs, but that it had gathered interest for the last three hundred years. Ah, uh, yeah, and <laughs> that's three hundred years of interest on a bunch of gold doubloons is quite a bit of money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He would kind of vary on how much money he told them it was, kind of based on his whims, I guess, how he was feeling that day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he would say up to $100 billion, which is like, in 1919 money, that's just like made up. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That, that, that could buy two Earths with that money. Like. Right. Exactly. That's like saying you have like a Google of money. Yeah. Like, and it's, that's not a real Yeah, number. and it's worth, by my calculations... C calculator error screen. That's how much it's worth. Yes. Yeah. 
It's worth exactly. turn your phone sideways. The number's too big. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like he he uh, invited all of these people again to invest in his campaign to sue the British government. Um, he said, of course, there would be legal fees. We need to pay um, the lawyers twenty five hundred dollars a week, uh, which I think is like about what lawyers make like now. Yeah, I, I just like I can't imagine. That's so much money for 1990. Yeah, I, lawyers make more than that now. But yeah. like, that is a lot of money. It's just the crack legal team is just it, my crack legal team of me and three different coats. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> me, me again, me with the mustache, me with the funny hat. OK, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> My crack team yeah, of legal yeah, yeah. experts. Um, but yeah, he said he really went big. He said, if every dollar you give me, you will get $500 back. Jesus when Christ. When you get this inheritance. Um, <laughs> that, man, another really... That's such, oh, a, that's, that's such a swing for the fences hustle. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like... Again, just make up the numbers. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's a scam. You don't have to, they don't have to be based on anything. Yeah. Oh, the returns, I don't know. How about 500%? <laughs> exactly. Um, another really funny detail is that apparently the inheritance included the entire city of Plymouth, England. Just like, yeah, yeah. Such a random detail. I mean, like. Wrap it up. Uh, throw it in the cart. Get, get us yeah. that too. <laughs> like. Duke was, he was the mayor of Plymouth at some point, but like, they were just like, it's his. Yeah, like, yeah. He owned it. It's like not the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah be like, if you sued Lori Light, Lightfoot's niece and you got Chicago. <laughs> right. It's just like, what are we supposed to do with this? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'll be taking so, my Chicago, please. <laughs> you owe me yeah, one, one Chicago. One Chicago. <laughs> with interest. I'm going to get a, a Chicago and a Gary right next to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I get Fort Wayne too, all yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just put it all. Come on. Bundle it together. Let's get some savings going. <laughs> um, so he also had the wonderful innovation of expanding the scheme to not only Drake's in Iowa, but Drake's outside of Iowa. Drake's all over the world, baby. <laughs> Drake's all over the world. Drake. I, do you think Drake would fall for this scheme? Oh, I think man. Yeah, I, I think, like, if the if the if he was just post-Degrassi no-rap career, I bet you could get him in on this real easy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Aubrey Graham? Yeah, Aubrey yeah, Graham yeah. would fall for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, give me five minutes of that little boy dancing in the vomits for video. Let me talk to that. <laughs> Let me talk to that, Drake. I will get his whole family on board. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he, he eventually opened it to literally anyone. He was like, you don't have to be, um, a descendant. You're just financing my lawsuit. So like, I can, you know, if, <laughs> if you want to give me money, this is we can all sue the queen of England and come on folks, just leading them through the streets, like a fucking nineties McDonald's commercial. <laughs> 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 yep. All uniting yeah. to England, which like, I don't even know if you can do, I guess yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to get the idea that it doesn't matter if you can or can't do that. <laughs> that is truly his his uh, mantra. It's like, it does not matter if this is possible. <laughs> this dude is, this, I, man, I don't know. This dude is pretty tight. <laughs> He's, like, pretty funny. Yeah. Um, he So another thing that, that then happened, so he starts this in 1919. Um, around 1924, so after five years of doing this, um, he moves to London. To be like, oh, I got to be close to the case. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I, don't I get think a probably he just yeah. wanted to ball out in, yeah. uh, away from prying eyes. I got to get a sweet guess. fucking loft or else I'm going to be no threat to the English government. Like, right. 
Yeah. yeah. If I don't get a long-term Airbnb in the Big Ben Tower, I, they're, they're, yeah. they're just going to look at me like I'm some kind of loser. Okay. Exactly. I need to. I need to look legit to these people, and that means I have to spend all of your money on an amazing flat in London. Yeah. <laughs> Buy my own double-decker bus. <laughs> so, to be clear, like he has tons of people in on this. He. Around this time, they think he might have had as many as 70,000 people giving him money. Oh, so, like, wow. this is, again, a the first junk mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Estimation of people being like, they have no, um, like, m- comparison for it or, like, yeah. uh, what, no precedent for it. Yeah, so they're yeah. just like, oh, my God, this guy sent me this letter. This must be true. Like, oh, God. Yeah, man. If you, if, yeah, if you could be the first person to do a specific type of lie, it, it, it's it's... Yeah, the, the impacts are, like, historical. Like, it's, just, it's, just, it's, yeah. it's insane. That's so And crazy. again, like, there there might have been mail scams before this, but this seems, like, definitely not something yeah. people were familiar with. Yeah. And the fact that it was so successful, I'm like, I don't think people knew what hit them. Yeah, they, yeah they just the numbers, there clearly was not. If there was a mail scam before this, there wasn't many mail scams before this. Like, right. Yeah, yeah, people were in no way prepped for this. Um, so yeah, he moves to London and, uh, he, of course, being the clever, uh, guy that he is at this point, he has totally squeezed out his original partners. He has, he's the boss. <laughs> There's no one else. Naturally. <laughs> like, the guys who, st- yeah. who brought him in on the scheme. Oh, They're that's gone. so tight. He squeezed him out. Um, he did have a team of people working for him in the States who were still signing people up and yeah. he was just sort of overseeing things. So like. He's just living large right yeah, now. Like yeah, he right. is not. He's barely even working. If I was in, uh, if I was in England, unlimited like wealth, riding high off of, like it's like a series of confidence. I would I would go and try to make one of those guards laugh. I would be like, you know what? Yeah. Today's my day. I'm gonna make you chuckle, and I and I'd do it. <laughs> well, that I mean, then they bring that up in court when you sue them. <laughs> yeah. It's the whole thing. He clearly was operating in a you know with capacity because here he was delivering sick one-liners to one of our guards. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he uh, apparently some of these people who work for him in the states legitimately believed that this was real too. Yeah. So like they were also often marks who were just like employed to to hook other marks I, I like to think that one of your ancestors got a job there as a receptionist at his fake co- at the state yes. side branch of his fake company just like my dream <laughs> taking in fucking seagulls with notes tied to their, their ankles or however they <laughs> communicated back then yeah so he's business is booming at this point um he is doing great he's just living it up in in the uk um he he would send out newsletters to people telling them how everything was going and he was he was basically doing what like we've covered a lot of people who do sort of like military contracting and like security scams where they misrepresent like how um high level they are you oh, know what yeah, I mean? yeah 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 and like this guy seemed to be doing that with like the UK. Like he was telling people like, you know, I'm I'm corresponding with them about about getting this money and everything like that. Yeah. Like he was just like name dropping all over the place, but he was just sitting in his cool apartment and yeah. presumably having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> As God intended. That's uh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he was, you know, telling everybody, don't worry. Uh, I, I got this under control. Uh, thank you for your money. Uh, but there's a wrinkle in the story, which is that in 1922, uh, in the heat of the scam that goes on for much longer, 
Um, the British government made an official statement to the United States through its embassy that there was no Sir Francis Drake estate. Sir Francis Drake's wife had inherited all of his money back in the 1500s, and it was gone. There was no yeah. like, They spent it. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is official correspondence that this is fake. Yeah. Um, fortunately for Oscar Hartzell, it's the 20s, so yeah. there's no way anyone can, like, look this up or, like, know about it yeah 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 like seriously yeah as we've said the time a time when you could shave and move to the town over and get away with murder and shit like right like people are not people people are not like disseminating this information widely um although it like i think it later becomes widely known which is why i think this has some uh, modern sort of parallels because it's like people were invested in this till the very end despite all Evidence to the contrary that this was, you know, yeah. this was absolutely fake. But the the, were the Ponzi invested. scheme, yeah, the Ponzi yeah. scheme ran like that. It was like, like we we hear about its historical run, but he kept that shit up, you know, for years after like it, like it broke and was widely debunked. Yeah, just people are like, it, they it it becomes about sort of like their identity more than it becomes about actually yeah. getting anything out of it. Yeah. Like, I, I'm just we'll happy talk- there's no historical parallels for that happening right now. You know, like, that's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, right. also it happened in the, the one we just did about, uh, I don't know there's a Patreon episode about uh, Gregor McGregor. Like yeah. when, they, yep. when they said like that, that land didn't exist. It was like, it was, they, they it was like telling people that like, mm-hmm. you know, Hawaii wasn't real. Like, yeah, yeah, no, no, it's real. Maybe it ain't what you say it is, but it's out there. Like it was like just the to- idea of not, of that not being real was just too crazy to people. Right. Um, to me, it also reminds me of the Iraqi dinar yep. that we did recently where it's like, everyone is like, don't do this. Yeah. And they are just like on their Iraqi dinar forums. Yeah. Like talking about how one day it's going to pay out. Yeah. <laughs> That's like how these people were. But so yeah, like there is evidence in 1922, there is no Drake estate. The UK is telling the United States this. And uh, yet still people are people are um, falling for the scheme. The FBI puts out a statement because this is like a huge thing at this time. Like yeah. People it was like in as much as there was any kind of centralized popular culture like this was in popular culture. Like yeah. people, there were enough people involved in this scam um, that. They were like actively trying yeah. to counter it. Um, <laughs> See, this is why we need late night talk show hosts to make jokes about things like this, like you know, to, <laughs> to keep, like how you know, like, like keep it alive, like the Menendez brothers, the OJ trial. Like. <laughs> um, yeah. So you know, Hartzell, every time he's a little short on cash, he sends another letter saying, you know, things are going great, but we just need a little more yeah, money. Yeah, he just discounts yeah. his OnlyFans and fucking like yep. <laughs> raking, raking some quick. Some quick capital. <laughs> so they think in total he made up to two million dollars, which in today's money is at least twenty million. So man, he's doing good. Yeah, he's dude. doing real good. Yeah, twenty million just in London, just hanging out, <laughs> not a phone in, in sight. In the twenties, that yeah. was like a fun ass time to be in yeah. London. That's the fucking bright young things and stuff. That's like yeah, that is a party time in London. Yeah, dude. Yeah, get it, man. <laughs> <laughs> um. So he's still doing this, and then um, the depression hits, and that seems to make everybody even more zealous about this scam. Because, <laughs> oh, again, man. sort of like parallels to today, like there aren't a lot of ways to make 
money legitimately anymore and yeah. they're sort of rapidly vanishing and so people are like i'm all in on this like yeah. this is my chance oh yeah i mean that's yeah it's great yeah you, you would think that yeah you would think that in the, in the face of like tragedy or uh, that people would start to think more logically and they don't as we're seeing again these days that's man right that's crazy yep instead of like sort of working together and figuring stuff out they're like I'm putting it all, all my chips on this dumb bullshit. Yeah, yeah, like that yeah, is, yeah. That <laughs> is what makes people feel better, I guess. 300 years ago. Right. <laughs> um, so the British authorities were aware of him for all of this time, uh, but he technically wasn't breaking any British laws, so they couldn't do anything about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Like, he was just chilling. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and I'm sure, like, you know, like, you, you got that much money to throw around. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm sure he wasn't stupid and just, like, not buying himself the goodwill of anybody uh, in power, you know? Yeah, it's, it's weird because, like, it's this, I mean, this is, like, an old story, but it's not that old. I mean, he, he ends up, spoiler alert, he dies in the early 40s, I think, which is, like, Late enough that I'm sort of surprised there's not more information about him as a person. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't seem like he ever really gave any interviews about this or like, I, I just don't know a lot about like his character or like what he was thinking about. Yeah. Which is kind of disappointing because the fact that he was able to do all this makes me think he must have been a pretty fascinating guy. Yeah. 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 That, that, I, I would imagine this would be a very, yeah, a very fun guy to, to, to learn about. But I mean, maybe that's his thing that that's how well he did it. He was just like, Oh yeah, give interviews, but like, no, no thanks. I'm just gonna enjoy this money as as private. Get in, get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be as public as I need to be to get the money, but as private as I can be to keep enjoying it. Right. Um. So eventually, they do catch him. Um. In 1933, he's finally arrested, and uh, basically, how they do it is, um, a postal inspector, which is I like. Look, a cab obviously. Postal inspector seems like a kind of an interesting job, like yeah. busting, busting like m- these kinds of mail fraud type things. Yeah. Like, I just think it's interesting. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, fucking mail cops. Mail cops, cops yeah. of the mail. Although <laughs> they probably mostly just bust people trying to send each other weed, which like that bumps me out. I would not yeah, like yeah, that part yeah. of being a mail cop. Yeah, as someone who's nervously refreshed a uh, tracking number screen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not <laughs> sure. a fan of all that. Exactly. Um, But yeah, so there's this postal inspector, John Sparks, who um, tracks down and uh, arrests some of Hartzell's agents in the U.S. and questions them. And they uh, roll over pretty quickly, I think, probably because, like I said, a lot of them thought it was legitimate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like they were like, you know, Omerta types at this point. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, this guy coordinated with Scotland Yard and they arrested, um, some of his British contacts and they eventually nab Hartzell and they send him back to the, U- the United States, uh, where he goes to trial in 33 and, um, even again, people are so committed to this, even while he is on trial, he is getting money from his subscribers He's writing them and saying now i need money for my legal defense fund yeah. because they're trying to stop me like total yeah. fucking QAnon shit of like they're trying to like yeah. they're trying to stop me from doing this lawsuit you yeah. need to help me yeah man that's 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 crazy that's a, that's a wild yeah same thing like yeah now like i he's almost you know make himself a political prisoner in these people's eyes Right. I mean, there's a ton of like cult leaders that have done this. Like they they get arrested and their and their followers sort of double down on their devotion through 
financing the whole, you know, the yeah. legal defense and stuff. Um, that's yeah. He he got th- uh, about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars from them, <laughs> which again, nineteen thirty three money. Like that's amazing. Yeah, that is so much money. Yeah, it's so much money now. Yeah, I would yeah, like yeah. that much that's, money now. That's yeah. That, that back to that would be like the GDP of a small nation. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Yeah. So he is like still has all of these supporters. I'm sure some of them dropped out, out when he was arrested, but a lot of them were, you know, they're not necessarily reporting on this on every newspaper and they're just getting letters from him saying, you know, I've been, I'm being persecuted and, uh, they're giving him money. Um, he, just, he just looks like the little drawing on the go to jail card of the monopoly guy in jail. He's behind bars. He's like, help. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the court, you know, was not swayed by whatever legal defense he could mount for this amount of money. Um, because it's pretty, it's pretty cut and dried. Um, so he was sentenced to 10 years in jail. Um, but again, while in jail, the following year, the first year he is in jail, his agents collect another half million dollars from him. <laughs> or for him. Yeah. yeah. So this scam, like, is bigger than this one guy. It's like earning in, perpe- yeah, it's earning in, like, perpetuity at this point. Like, it's just, he's, he's getting interest off his previous efforts. Right. It's like what he said the Drake inheritance was. Yeah. It's just yeah. like a self-perpetuating amount of money. Damn. That's like, uh, it's like, uh, like manifest. That's what I'm talking about. Like he's, yeah. Yeah. He, he did the, the uh, Olivia, the Olivia Munn tweet, like sending love and energy John Mulaney's way. He just did that about the Francis Drake fortune in a mass exactly. of Francis Drake fortune himself. He really did. Um, there's one final, like really wild twist to the story, which again, I'm like, why is there no more information about this? I think, okay, so he ends up dying in prison before his sentence is over. And allegedly, according, like, I've seen that people casually mention this in a bunch of stuff I read without any elaboration. But apparently he went crazy in jail and started believing that he himself was Sir Francis, (laughs) which is amazing. (laughs) Hell yeah. I just feel like this guy's whole life would be such a good prestige television show. Yeah. Like, why? This could be some actors, like, you know, like, when, like, McConaughey did True Detective. Like, this could be somebody's, like, turn. Yeah. Yeah, or, like, Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad. Like, I just, this guy, it's so poetic. Like, that's why I think it's probably fake, but it's, like, been adopted into all of these accounts of him that he he goes nuts and he thinks he's Sir Francis Drake. And then he, he dies pretty shortly after that. So oh, man. probably one of the many uh, people who just like went nuts because of syphilis or something. Yeah. I feel like that's like <laughs> anytime someone goes crazy and then dies in a historical account, I'm like syphilis. Yeah. yeah, syphilis. yeah. The third stage of syphilis is thinking you're Francis Drake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So like that's, that's pretty much all of the information I have on him. I'm just like so fascinated by this guy yeah I, like I, d- I don't know why he's not more widely known this is such a crazy story and yeah they think all in all probably like a hundred thousand people were were brought in on this at some point and many of them believed it like until the day they died like people wow. were invested in this 
That's and wild. Yeah, it was man. like a huge craze that I'd I'd never heard about. Yeah, and they just and it was like all because like his mom got got pranked, like or a scam, you know. Right. That's, and then ultimately, you know, he slowly turned the tables on the guys that scammed his mom because he squeezed them out and yeah. didn't get any money. Was so. was that was his was his idea to expand it? Was that was that, did I correctly catch that as it was to add the interest factor? It was to um expand to mail. I, oh, to me, oh, I okay. think that was his oh, big yeah, innovation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they were going door to door to to talk to people. Ah, yes. It. And yes, he yes. was like, you know, we can hit a lot more people if we. <laughs> oh, that mail that. wasn't a new invention back then. They were just like, what? Oh shit! Yeah, we could be using the mail. <laughs> like that didn't occur to y'all to use the mail. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like in Iowa, I think it might have been relatively new. Now I'm looking at when was postal service. I know, like the Pony Express is old and yeah. stuff. Um, I mean, this says 1971, which can't be right. <laughs> that is insane. Uh, there is no way that's true. Um, let's see. So, okay, there was a Postal Reorganization Act in 1970. Um, so they they it expanded in 1872. I feel like there was probably mail in Iowa, but like. It's pretty rural out there. I yeah. imagine it was not like a super reliable or like widespread thing to like definitely like I said junk mail was new. Um but yeah, you know. Yeah. I'm sure someone listening to this is screaming at us about postal history. Yeah. It's just a mail cop <laughs> on patrol. <laughs> oh <laughs> man. If any mail co- I I actually have a friend who's a, a mail carrier and uh it's a fascinating job. Like she's an on foot mail carrier in a very rural part of New Hampshire. Oh, wow. uh, Yeah. Uh, shout out if you're listening, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yeah, it's a, it's, it's so funny. I went canvassing for Bernie with her and she was so good at, um, finding people's addresses on the front of their house. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. If somebody's just... address was like hidden or something, she was like laser focused on it. She was oh, like, yeah. Man. That's like a lot of my job. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. I like that. Shout out to our postal service an extremely important, uh, service that absolutely would be decried as socialism if it were invented today. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> support, support your mail carriers, uh, send somebody a letter. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, uh, do that and then tell them I said hi because I don't have time. But <laughs> yeah, write someone you know a letter and tell them that I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, yeah, Kat, thanks for. Uh, I guess was it worth it? I, I yeah, I don't see why that wasn't worth it. I mean, I don't know how long you spent in prison, but I mean, well, he didn't spend that long in prison before he went nuts. So like, seems worth yeah, it. For yeah, that. yeah. I, I mean, mean yeah, if you're, it's only six months that so you start thinking you're Francis Drake. At that point, are you really in prison? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Exactly. I bet he was like pretty fun to be around. Yeah. I thought he was Francis Drake. He's just always trying to like get people to walk the plank and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He thinks he's like being held in a ship's hold. Yeah. To paraphrase the wire uh, about prison, you only do two days: the day you come in and the day you start to think you're Francis Drake. Yep. That is what they say. Oh yeah. That is what they say. Well, shit, Kath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the old saying. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, that was really fun. Thank you for. Uh, telling us all about that. Um, guys, like I said, at the, at the top of the episode, I'm getting ready to hit the road. Uh, so if you find, you go to my, on my Twitter, if you find yourselves, uh, you know, in uh, like up and down with the Pacific Northwest between Washington, Oregon, I'm going to be in 
Idaho, Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin, Kansas City. It's all over the place. So just uh, hit me up and check it out. If you're out there, we'd love to see you come out to the show. Um, aside from that, if you happen to be listening in the next hour, I'm going to be performing at Thrive here in Austin, Texas. But I don't think the turnaround's going to be that quick on this one. So anyways, I think that, that will be in the past. Yeah, pretty sure <laughs> that will be in the past. We'll read about it because it's going to make headlines um, afterwards <laughs> because of what happens. But <laughs> yeah, anyways, yeah, guys, uh, check that. I'll be on tour. Uh, Kathy, got anything for us? Um, yeah, I, uh, I actually, you know what? No, I thought I had a show to promote, but it'll be over by the time this comes out. I have another podcast called What a Time to Be Alive. Uh, we talk about funny news stories every week and, uh, yeah, listen to that. And thank you for listening. Follow me on Twitter, Kath Barbadoro, and, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in. Have fun. Uh, be safe, but above all, don't get caught. Don't get caught. See you next week. Bye.